fans. We're talking about fans today, right? Fans, yes. Yeah. Not like podcast fans. Oh, you took my I joke mean, away. It would take all of 15 seconds to talk about all of our fans. I, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was a short episode yeah. talking about our fans. Uh-huh. It's going to require this. Uh, it's only... Again... I didn't. I did that before. I, I like the sound. I know. I know the fans like hearing the the pop. Now, oh, now in fairness, yeah, it, it's an athletic cream ale because it's only noon. Right. Well, it's eleven eleven here. So, <laughs> but agreed. Hey, if you might, if you gotta hydrate, why the hell drink water? I, I agree. That's all I gotta say. I agree. Yep. Did you see Athletic put out a light beer? Mm-mm. Which it's not available locally by me. It's one of the ones you can only get, I guess, through the. San Diego, is it where their their other one is? Or San Diego, or San Francisco, yeah, I think, or Texas. Weren't they doing one in Texas? Texas, they've got the pop up. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's San Diego. Gym. Yeah, it's San Diego. But they they're putting yeah. out on the website to to buy online a a light beer. Which I mean, already their regulars are what eighty five, ninety calories. So the light is the light. I'm gonna guess it's along the lines of a of a partake in their thirty five calorie yeah. business. Yeah. I. I I don't know how well that's going to work. Right. But we'll see. We'll see. It's mostly sparge water. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about partake. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, next time I'll be in San Diego in January, so I'll have to seek them out. Oh, definitely. Definitely. We should let them know you're coming. Mm-hmm. So they can make sure the doors are double locked. Yes. Yes. Well, yep. they'll they'll know to clean the place up for you because they've heard me say numerous times how taking you to a brewery oh, is, right. is the fastest way to make that not your favorite brewery anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. It's you don't want to watch how the hot dogs are made. Just don't do it. Well, I, I think of it more along the lines of you know those any of those like TikToks or reels that pop up when you're scrolling through Facebook that say you know introducing my my boyfriend or girlfriend to my parents like that's like taking James to a brewery. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's a super bad idea because you'll you'll never be able to unsee or you know the things that he points out. <laughs> well, you, you you know how well I can keep my mouth shut, you know, and just not say anything to anybody. So yeah, there's mm. is there a way to create TMJ where we can actually <laughs> force your mouth closed? <laughs> give this man tetanus. <laughs> okay, hold on, T-shirt. Give this man tetanus. <laughs> Man, good, good luck remembering uh, in a week how that came up. I know, right? Oh, wow. So, fans, we we're going to talk about fans, right? We were going to talk about fans not tetanus. today. Yes, if, not tetanus. If your fan no, is rusty, well, don't touch it. You might need a tetanus shot. Certainly while it's spinning. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it was, at least in North America, it's uh, long enough past drying season that we can talk about all of the shameful drying sins people have done. And still don't get it about fan physics and what it is with fans and their drying system that is causing them so much grief. And, you know, I tried to get Mr. Detmers back on here, but apparently he's lost in the Amazon somewhere because I have not talked to that man in months and months and months. So not for a lack of trying, believe me. So I am going to attempt to talk to you about fans today and discuss again Uh, We're going to go over what a fan is supposed to do. Now, you think you know what it does, but you'd be wrong. (laughs) Oh, boy. And and while James talks about fans, I'm going to heckle him and try and distract Uh him. Mm -hmm. So I figured, yeah, let's just jump into it. So uh, 
summarizing things that we think we know already. How are hops dry? We've talked about this so many times, I'm not going to go over it much. Just a brief highlight, though, you need moving air. (laughs) And you need, more precisely, you need the correct velocity of moving air. So how much air volume you can move through your hotbed. And that is variable based on the how much moisture content is in the air or the the air's relative humidity, right? Sure. We're not going to talk about moisture removal today. We're going to talk specifically about air movement because I think people get the idea. We pound on this enough about about moisture in the air. There's two ways you can lower the, the relative humidity of the air, right? You can heat it up or you can physically remove the moisture, which is dehumidification. That's it. You get two options. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, make the cup bigger or empty the cup. <laughs> Correct. So now we're just going to talk about cups today. So we're going to talk about air movement and trying to get folks to think about this slightly differently. Because I think they see like, you know, your box fan in the window, just your regular old propeller fan. And it's like, wow, it's really pumping a lot. Of, you know, this sucker moves a lot of air. It moves like two or 3,000 cubic feet per minute. It sure does until it's you, your, your drapery gets sucked into it <laughs> and the airflow, right? That, that drape is acting as a, or curtain is acting as a filter mm-hmm. and it's creating a physical barrier for that fan to be able to move air through, whether it's pulling it through or trying to push it through. That's called pressure drop. We're like, God, James, okay already. We know about all this kind of crap. Do you? Because I questioned based on what I saw. <laughs> This past late summer of people's drying woes. So the pressure drop is a fan killer. And if the most important part of your drying system and your fans is understanding what that pressure drop is. What is the resistance to that air being pushed through whatever it is you're trying to push it through, be it a curtain or a bed of hops? Seems pretty seems pretty logical, right? The sure. the more barrier you have in front of your air flow, let's say you're pushing instead of pulling, the the more force it's gonna take to push that air through that very barrier. For instance, how much pressure would you need to push air through, oh say, a wall of straw ba- straw bales versus a wall of concrete? Quite a bit, yeah. Quite a bit more. Mm-hmm. Concrete walls are pretty good filters. They don't they don't let a lot of air pass through very easily. So keep this idea in mind that everything we're going to talk about about airflow and fan design and fan parameters and optimizing your fan sizing and even your fan type for your drying scenario is all about how this fan is going to react to the restrictions you're going to put in its way. Yep. Whether that be the 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 hops themselves which are just basically a gigantic filter and every single little bend and turn that you're trying to redirect that air to take Mm -hmm. those all add to the resistance of moving air and i assume we're going to we're going to discuss the fact that this type of resistance because it's made up of lots of little things the resistance changes absolutely you can move it or you end up with tunnels and that becomes a whole nother issue Correct. It's It depends on how many, there's all sorts of ways to think about this. So I want people to think about air the same way you think about moving water through your irrigation system. Because they're both, water and air are both fluids. They both behave 
according to the laws of fluid dynamics. So think about your, your air as a fluid. With a water pump, you know that, as I'm sure many of you have experienced this, that you want to take that half-inch irrigation line and make it a 1,000 feet long and uh, because, hey, you know, why not just have it pump from one end of the field? And you're like, man, I don't have hardly any water coming out of the far end. What's going on there? Oh, well, duh, it's the resistance in the in the pipe to, to the flow, right? That adds up over time. Mm-hmm. That resistance in the first meter after the pump head is tiny compared to the amount of energy that's coming out of the pump, right? So sure. you don't really see any re- re- restriction in flow. But that restriction... And it's just friction on the inside of the pipe to the flow of water builds up over time, over meters, over distance. And so by the time you get down to the end, you're like, holy hell, I've got, you know, 60 PSI water coming out of here at, at the at the head. But all the way down there at the end, I got like three and it's not even activating my emitters. That is all about resistance to flow of the fluid. Air is the exact same way. Now, as soon as you put a bend in that irrigation pipe or a T, that adds restriction to, to, the, to the liquid flow. As soon as you change the diameter, that adds restriction. So the same thing happens with, with air in your drying system. The more you force that air around corners to do 180s, to, to do you know what, what have you, uh, even change sizes in in your ductwork to where you're going to send it to dramatically increases the resistance to that airflow we call that pressure drop pressure drop i can't wait to post more toots in the mitals <laughs> so pressure drop is is how we measure that resistance to airflow for for fans and fan curves the design of the fan is very very important when considering uh, which one to pick given how much pressure drop your system has. So what I tell people is, if you're having trouble drying your crop, like it's taking too long, or and you've like, man, James, I got the biggest freaking dehumidifier I could afford in here, and it's still not, it's taking forever to dry. Well, what's your, velo- what's your fan velocity? Well, my fan's putting out X, XYZ CFM. Where? At the fan face or through your hotbed? Hmm. Oh. Measure it through your hotbed and see what it's doing. Mm-hmm. If it's like, oh man, my airflow is way too low. You need, I, I gotta, I gotta, well, the first thing they think is I gotta speed my fan up because the faster I spin the fan, the more air I'm going to move, right? There's, there's a logic to that, but. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. So there are three fan laws and actually, like, honest to God, they're called the fan laws, right? So the first fan law tells us that a change in the airflow rate is proportional to the change in speed of the propeller. Okay. So if you're going to speed up your propeller on your fan by 10%, you're going to get an increase in airflow by 10%. Makes sense. Awesome. So you're going to crunch your math and you're going to say, okay, I've got to increase my airflow by 26%. I'm going to make my fan 26% faster. Hold on there, cowboy. So that, that proportional fan law number one, is absolutely true in an unrestricted unrestricted environment. It is not true when that fan encounters resistance. Mm-hmm. So moving faster, you're saying, okay, I'm going to move more air. I'm going to speed my fan up so it's going to move more air. 
but now it's going to, it's seeing a, a, let's say your hotbed. So you're getting a pressure buildup underneath or behind your hotbed that that air is trying to push through. So if you're spinning your fan faster and faster, it's packing that chamber underneath your hops or the plenum, as we call it, full of air to the point where it can't push it anymore. It can't actually pump more air into that chamber. So what's going to happen? Your fan's going to sit there and spin and spin and spin, and it's actually going to not really move any air, and your fan's going to burn up. Right. The, the resistance is, is pushing back too, too much. Well, there's right. nowhere for it to go, to your point. Right. Fan law number two gets to that, right? Fan law number two tells us that a change in the total static pressure, okay, so that's the pressure drop, will increase by the square of the change in propeller speed. So remember that, oh, I'm going to move 10% more air, so I'm going to turn my fan up speed up by 10%. Well, that means my pressure is going to go up by the square of that change. So if I'm going to speed that f- propeller up by 10%, the static pressure is going to increase by 21%. Hmm. So you're like, okay, James, well, you said I need to move more air, so I'm just going to turn the speed up. But as you turn the speed up, the air velocity, you're going to increase the pressure drop, which is going to cause the fan to struggle even more. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like... I. Uh, damned if you do or damned if you don't, right? Right. Well, not so fast. This is all going to come down to the type of fan we choose given the environment that it's in. We just talked about trying to pump air like it's a fluid, and we're trying to pump this air faster to increase our velocity, but the faster we pump air behind this restriction, which is your hotbed, the more that pressure drop increases because, well, you just can't shove that air through there fast enough. Ultimately, your motor burns out. You're like, how does my motor burn out? I can feel kind of air moving around. Well, usually with like a propeller fan, which is what we call an axial fan, we'll get into fan types in a second here, but they have a ton of air leakage. They move a huge amount of, huge volume of air at no pressure drop. They're good for ventilating, right? Just buildings and chicken coops and all kinds of stuff. But not so great for overcoming that pressure because it gets all kinds of seepage that comes back around the fan blades and it just sort of churns the air and the fan ends up burning out. Why? Why does the motor burn out? Well, fan law number three. And fan law number three tells us that the change in horsepower, so the change in energy required by that fan to turn that propeller, will increase by the cube in the change in the propeller speed. Wow. So if you gotta if you gotta increase that fan by ten percent, you know, again, because you want to increase your velocity by ten percent, you're gonna increase your static pressure by twenty one percent and the horsepower required goes up thirty three point one percent. Wow. Yeah. So just turning the fan up usually means bad things happen. And those bad things are your motor burns out. Because it goes on, if you look at what in this, all these fan laws are baked into what we call a fan curve. So any given fan that you buy or build, you will have a, a fan curve that shows you its performance over pressure drop. How many, you know, what's the volume of air that is moving, whether it's cubic feet per minute or meters, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the pressure drop and the horsepower. 
And what you'll find is with most fans, the more horsepower you put in towards what we call the top end of the fan curve, so you're up towards the, the, perform, the high end of its performance rating, the more horsepower you put in, you get exponentially less out of it. So the inefficiencies build up, sure. and that inefficiency is heat. Mm. The inefficiency is heat in the motor, and guess what? Then the magic smoke comes out, magic and smoke. nothing works anymore. So yeah. this is not like the smoke we just discussed on Backyard Brew Farm that you want no, to use no, no, to no. flavor your hops. You <laughs> do not. This 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 uh, a burning uh, burning coil wire is not the aroma that you really want in your hops. Okay, Although, very different. You know, it, Unless it's Citra, which then it would improve it. Oh, Lord. Yeah, of course. Have to get that dig in. The, I do, yeah. Th this is very, this is reminding me very much of the conversation we had a couple months ago, I think it is now, about water movement and about going uphill with water and about torque mm -hmm. and making sure you've got the right pressure in the right places to make sure you can fight, you know, in that case, you're fighting, your resistance is gravity. Right, uh, and in this case, your resistance is is build up of of it, it's whether it's hops or too much air that's going on in there. But conceptually, you've got a similar situation going on here. Exactly, they're both fluids, mm -hmm. so they're both going to behave under the same laws of of fluid dynamics. Yeah. With pumps, liquid pumps, let's call it water pumps because the viscosity of the liquid matters big time there. But so with water pumps, you have similar pump laws, and they're roughly similar where it's when you look at the, the total pressure increases by the by the square of the velocity that's a little not quite true with liquid because you've got all this friction against the um whatever tube or ductwork or whatever you're pushing the water through the friction is a little less with air but still the same but the the horsepower requirement is pretty spot on it's usually by the cube of the change in the speed of the propeller so if you have a, a three horsepower fan and you're like, oh, I got to speed this sucker up by by 10% to get what I need. Well, your static pressure is going to build up to 21%. And you may be like, that's all right. I've got the right kind of fan. It can overcome that pressure drop. But can it overcome the 33% increase in horsepower that you're going to need to turn it? Right. Because maybe that says, oh, shit, I need a five horsepower fan. Well, that three horsepower fan is going to tell you pretty darn quick <laughs> whether it was up to the task or not, because it will literally burn up and catch fire or burn out, burn the bearings out and the windings. So those are the three fan laws we need to keep in consideration when we're choosing the, our fan. And a fan that we choose is going to depend on, frankly, how much friction and pressure drop we're going to encounter in our system. And I think you guys and gals know by now that the bigger your dryer gets, the bigger your fans get. And usually there's multiple fans and they're really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, are. Holy hell. Sh shockingly so. A and right. if I recall correctly, there's no, uh, there's no cost effectiveness for going bigger. <laughs> not, not necessarily, no. And there's no – and oftentimes – I mean, you hit this point where it's like, I could have one single giant fan in here, or I could have small, four smaller fans. And I think having multiple smaller fans is better just from a redundancy standpoint, because if you've got four of those and one fails, you still got airflow. Mm -hmm. 
because you're going to design, as we're going to talk about, you're going to design and buy these fans based on their ability to overcome pressure drop, overcome the restriction. Right. Such that then the only difference is velocity, which that means, okay, even if I had one fan going, the fan I'm going to choose will be able to overcome the pressure drop that the system has. But its velocity will just be suboptimal. Right. So I know that I'll have air movement, but it just may not be the most air movement. Mm -hmm. As opposed as opposed to having a, the wrong kind of fan that says, I have all the velocity that I need, but if one of those four fans go down, I can't move any air. Sure. Well, and I, okay, I'm going to ask something, and t if, it's, if it's the wrong time for this and it's going to take us off kilter, just say so. Uh, are more smaller fans better than one kick-ass fan? It depends, right? I would say in 99th percentile, <laughs> more is more smaller is better than fewer bigger. Mm -hmm. And certainly for when it comes to looking at the motors that run these fans as they get bigger, because just as we said, we talked about as you get, as you get that propeller or fan diameter bigger, the horsepower goes up by cube. Mm -hmm. So, uh oh, uh, that means how many horsepower do I need? <laughs> case, in, case in point. So the fans that we used to build, and we built them. Why? Because there weren't any freaking affordable fans out there yep. that we could get as small-scale hop growers to do the volume of a hop bed. So let's say our dryers were um, usually 12 or 14 feet wide by 20 to 24 feet long and three feet deep full hops. And I realize for a lot of you out there, that's a lot of hops. And for some of you out there, you're like, baby. I need four of those. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, each one of those, a dryer that big would take two fans that we built. Now, these were axial fans. These were, they look like helicopter blades. These are not the same axial fans that you get in a box fan. I will tell you that right now. These are actually look like helicopter blades. They're airfoils. So they could actually overcome the pressure drop that we were experiencing. Most axial fans will not. And, you know, the diameter of these fans were, I'm going to say, 34 inches. Mm -hmm. And each one of those fans took a 30-horsepower motor. Yep. Yeah. They were. <laughs> yeah. And so so you have two 30-horsepower motors. So you have 60-horsepower worth of motor. And that's a three-phase. So you're pumping at least 230 volts of three-phase in there, and four, 460, 480 would be better. Uh that's a lot of juice to move the volume of air you're talking about at the pressure drop you're talking about. If you go bigger, so we said, okay, we can get, can we get 40 inch blades? Cause that'll move X amount more air. That 30 horsepower motor was now 55. Oh boy. Yeah. Because I just increased the diameter of my fan by uh, eight inches. Holy hell. <laughs> yeah, from, from a cost-effectiveness perspective, it's just not it, – it, it didn't work. No. And, and yeah, having more – to your point before about having a backup isn't the worst thing in the world, but, but just mm -hmm. ha having, having more fans than the big monster fan. Right. So you could – we could have said, all right, let, instead of having two fans in there at 30 horse apiece, can I have three smaller fans in there at 15 or 18 horse apiece? Mm -hmm. Absolutely you could. Yep. 
but it was really looking at a cost benefit of what's the cost of the blade versus what's the cost of the motor and the controls and the wiring and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's why we landed on what we landed on, right? It wasn't just, yeah, this is what I can afford. We did the math. Yeah. And to your point, when people would say, well, where can I get fans? We'd say, well, from us, we make them. Okay. Right. Well, where else can I get them? Well, you, you just can't. Well, give me your, and so what we would say is, what are your, what are your specifications? Well, what do you mean? I need a fan. No. What is your, what are your, what's your dryer? I don't know. I'll build that after I have the fan. Wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. If you're going to get the fan first, you're going to build the dryer based on what it, the fan can do for its performance. And you may be sorely, sorely uh, mistaken about how many, you know, volume of hops that you can dry based on if I'm just going to go and get a fan. No. This is a good segue into fan types. And this is nothing new. You guys have heard us talk about this, right? You have really a couple of types. You have an axial fan, which is a propeller. And you have a centrifugal fan, which oftentimes you hear them called squirrel cage fans, or it's the fan that's a blower motor that's like in your furnace. And uh, both of them move air. They're, they're air pumps. Mm -hmm. One of the two of those types overcomes pressure better, which is the centrifugal type. And with that centrifugal type, and you can look, look these up online. Obviously, it's kind of hard for us to show you pictures. Uh, but look these up online. And you'll see these centrifugal fans, right? They've got this cage with these fins. And they spin. Uh, and the fins are either designed to scoop the air and, like, push it forward. Like, grab the air and, like, aggressively dig into it and push it forward. Or they're actually <clears throat> inclined backwards. So it's more like slapping the air forward and pushing it forward instead of like aggressively scooping it forward. And you may think like, oh, what's the hell's the difference? Who cares, right? Well, it's a big deal. The scoop type, the aggressive scoop type, or the kind that you have in like forced hot air uh, furnaces, central heating and air conditioning, is really good at generally overcoming pressure drop. But if you work outside really anywhere outside of that fan rating like you you want to push it that fan will burn up in a blink of an eye hmm. so it's it's very very sensitive to that third law where if you put too much pressure behind it and your horsepower goes way up like a spike that motor will burn out because of the way that those aggressive hooks are cupping the air and throwing it forward. What we call backward incline, the one that's kind of got these fins that slap the air as it's going forward, those really don't have a problem. You really can't burn those out because of sudden horsepower demand. Now, granted, the, the, if you look at the fan curve, you'll see that, that a backwards incline fan will have a, a much flatter, what we call um, power curve for the motor hmm. compared to a it, it'll 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 drop right but it's but it's kind of a more gentle slope in its performance where one of these forward inclines so the the scoop type will like just drop off like a cliff and then the smoke gets out and then it's, then you're having a bad day <laughs> um, but the backward incline so the backward incline is also pretty good at handling pressure drop and not as good as the forward incline 
So you're going to get some, some trade-off here. The backward incline is less efficient than the forward incline, but it's also not going to burn up quite as easy. So you can run it outside of its power band if you're talking about it in terms of like car talk. Um, so you can run it more in its less efficient end without setting things on fire. <laughs> the centrifugal forward inclined is better and more efficient at moving air in high pressure drop scenarios, but it really does not want to operate outside of its power band or it will catch fire. Okay. Okay. You could say that the forward versus the the backward or reverse incline, I mean, they both will handle about the same pressure drop. I mean, up to 12 inches or more, which is a huge amount. I mean, we're talking maybe two inches of pressure drop. Uh, this is inches of water because of stupid imperial units. <laughs> but I'll change it to Pascals. Um, so you're talking somewhere in the zero to 3,000 Pascal range uh, for, for pressure, which is zero to 12 inches. Okay. You But, but you're talking... At that, like, 3,000 Pascal or 12 inches of pressure drop, you're talking a 200-horsepower motor. That's a backwards incline. Okay. So the forward incline is slightly or is more efficient, so you can use a smaller motor, not by much, like a 150, so 50 horsepower. At a fan that big, that's actually a lot of money. Uh, but you're, you've got that trade-off, right? Right. Something to keep in mind there. So you can see that, I mean, the, the airflow goes dramatically, moves around, right? You're, you're talking a wheel diameter on these centrifugal fans of up to 75 inches. So that's that's enormous. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculously big. <laughs> um, or, you know, something like 10 inches, which is like what's in your furnace. You know, and that's that's running at about a, a third of a horse in terms of of motor motor strength, right. but it's also not going to be able to handle hardly any static pressure at that little, just what's in your ductwork, which is like usually less than an inch. Yeah, ideally, there's nothing in there. Well, if there is, you've right. got some issues. Well, other than the bends and stuff that you're that you've got to you know make air turn right angles, it does not like that. Right. Creates a lot of turbulence. Hmm. Now compare that to that propeller, that propeller blade. There's a, there's a couple of types. Some people say, well, I've got these corn dryers. They have propeller blades on them, right? Big, and it's this big you know, propeller blade that does look like an airfoil. It looks like a helicopter blade mounted in a tube. That's called a tube axial fan. And it's axial because the air flows along the axis of the fan compared to the centrifugal fan where it's spinning and the air is flowing perpendicular to the, to the motor shaft. Um, so this axial fan is blowing directly forward and by putting it in a tube, if you look at the tube, the ends are flared and the, the fan is like millimeters away from the inside of this tube. That's how you get an axial fan to go from something like a box fan, which just stirs air around and, and is all chaotic in terms of its velocity and, you know, turbulence to something that's straightened out. So, and oftentimes we'll even put little air straighteners either behind the fan or in front of the fan to straighten out the airflow a little bit so you can get it to take all that force 
that it's producing and focus it. Hmm. It's the difference between a laser and a flashlight, right? Your flashlight is your box window box fan. Yep. It's moving a lot of air. There's a lot of photons coming out of that flashlight, but they're not at all anywhere sort of harmonized or, or focused. A tube axial or vein axial fan, similar, similar make, but how we've constructed it, we're forcing all the air to go in one direction, just like a laser forces all the photons to go in one direction coherently, right? That's how a an a axial type fan can start to overcome some of the pressure drops we're dealing with. But they're still not anywhere capable of dealing with the pressure drops that like a centrifugal fan is unless they get considerably large. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, seven hundred and fifty horsepower large. Uh, they get they get really really big. Makes sense. So you so you can and you know then you're like okay well I what's the best fan for me? Well how how are you pumping your air? If you're like well I'm going to bring my air in over here, and then I'm going to run it through this long tube because my dryer's at the other end of the barn and I want to bring in fresh air. Well that tube that you're sucking that air through, or trying to push it through, is just like your tube in the field with your irrigation water. It's going to create friction. So that long ass run is going to add friction. That's going to add, increase your pressure drop. Then you're going to make it turn two right angles. That's going to add a lot of pressure drop because every right angle you go through adds a significant amount of pressure drop, even before it gets to your hotbed. You're like, Ooh, that's no good. Yeah. Well, how about this then? I want to do it a different way. I'm going to suck the air through the bed. Okay. I'm going to turn my fans around. So I'm pulling the air down through the hotbed and then, exhausting it out great and then, so i'm just going to suck in you know air that's in the barn and and then i'm gonna i'm gonna push it out but i'm just gonna have this little exhaust over here that's you know four feet by four feet okay so you're sucking in air that is let's say at atmospheric pressure above your hotbed that's let's say 12 feet by 20 feet and you're sucking that all down and you're trying to take all of that air and cram it through a space that's four feet by four feet that's going to create a huge amount of pressure at the opening. That's no different than having a huge amount of hops to have to push the air through, as opposed to having a tiny opening trying to push all that air you just sucked through the hops. Right. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. I've, I've got this image in my head. <laughs> and, and I see this too. People will have like, yeah, I've been drying my hops in my garage, but and I'm like, okay, well... And I've got the right the right fans, but they're just not drying. I'm like, well, show me your setup. And they'll take pictures of it. And you know those little shit and windows you have in your garage are really tiny little things? Mm -hmm. They'll have that opened, and then their garage door cracked at the bottom like an inch. I'm like, well, where's the air coming from? Well, I have the window open. Right. So you have a window open 10 inches by 12 inches. And you have a fan that's rated to run at... 15,000 cubic feet per minute. <laughs> yeah, because it's not enough air to pull. And you're pulling it through a screen that's probably all covered with schmutz. So there's just not enough fluid there. Mm -hmm. That's also a condition where the fan can burn up because it's got nothing to pump. Oh, so it's, it's, it ends up trying harder. Correct. Harder than it needs to. Yeah. Exactly. And poof, then the magic smoke gets out and you're done. The magic smoke. Mm-hmm. So really, folks, when we're diagnosing our drying season, and you know what? Kudos to, to our listeners, because 
every year we get fewer and fewer of these questions. So that is awesome. I really appreciate that means, hey, it's, it's working. Mm-hmm. But it's also time to, to review and tweak. And right now is the time to be thinking about this, saying, what, what did I learn from this last season with my dryer? And what improvements can I make this year? And sometimes that is, holy hell, I need new fans. And yeah, that's spendy. Or it's like, how many times am I making my air turn before it goes where it's supposed to go? Or how hard is my fan struggling to exhaust this air out of the building? Those are pretty simple things to, to change. And it has a dramatic impact on the efficiency of that fan and the motor to move that air. It's like, oh my God, I got to get a bigger dehumidifier. My dryer needs to be bigger. I need to go shallower. Maybe not. It could just be, just could just be straight up fan performance. Hmm. Exactly. And, and speaking of that downtime, just a, you know, another plug for what we do with Patreon uh, and with the Discord if you follow us on Patreon and you join our Hopnologist group, there was a conversation just this morning. One of our Hopnologists put a note out there to everyone and said, hey, what are everyone's winter plans um, for next year's growing season? What lessons have you learned this year? And what a, you know, it's one of the reasons I love the community that we've been able to build here. I mean, they're, they're asking each other for advice, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, great place to learn about these things. Give this man tetanus. <laughs> <laughs>